Welcome to the Top Flight Podcast. My name is Stephen Bailey and joining me today is Ori Benatar. We're going to have a very quick episode going through all the results of the previous Premier League weekend, Match Week 8. Uh, a kind of interesting weekend in the sense that we got a lot of the results kind of incredibly wrong in our predictions podcast prior to the week, uh, especially with the Liverpool-Manchester City game, which I say let's just start with that because it's really not that exciting of a match in general. Uh, it was a 0-0 draw between Liverpool and Man City, probably the least likely result we'll see all season. Uh, Manchester City could have won the match, uh, except that Riyad Mahrez unfortunately missed, or depending on who you root for, missed his penalty kick in the 80th or in the final few minutes of the match. Uh, shocking result. Uh, shocking. Yeah, I was uh, just as shocked as you how this happened. These two teams scored so many goals against each other last year in the Premier League just on its own. City scored five against Liverpool in the first game, and then Liverpool won 4-3 in the second game, and then they played each other twice in the Champions League. But trends are meant to be broken, and in this case, uh, the trend was meant to be broken. Not much action from both sides, but City had just a golden chance to win this game with the penalty. The bit of a confusion with Gabriel Jesus stepping up. He thought he was going to take it, but then Mendy getting instruction from Pep that uh, Mares should take the penalty because Aguero was on the bench. It's a little bit of a confusion, but that, that begs the question. If a player steps up and is confident in taking the penalty... As a manager, do you still instruct that player to not take the penalty if you don't want them to? Well, I mean, it depends. Uh, Gabriel Jesus has had kind of a spotty record when it comes to penalty kicks. He's missed uh, two, and he's only hit one in three attempts in the Premier League. Riyad Mahrez also doesn't have a great penalty-taking record either. I think he's five for seven. Um, you know, it, it's just it's weird. It's Gabriel Jesus has had a tough season as well, and it, it makes sense that maybe... Pep would want to give it to a more experienced player, even if that experienced player is not exactly known as a penalty taker. Of course, Jamie Vardy was the main penalty taker on Leicester City when they both played together. But, uh, you know, if I'm not sure if Gabriel Jesus would have been able to say uh, to score that. You never know with penalties, of course. I mean, I don't think anybody in the entire world watching that match believed that Riyad Mahrez was going to spectacularly miss that penalty. But, you know, that's just the game of the football in general, beside the penalty, did you feel that this was a deserved result for both teams? I think so. I don't think either team uh, played well enough for three points. City got lucky with the penalty. I think the way I saw the penalty was, okay, VAR would give, would give that as a penalty because there's contact, but there was very little contact, but there was. It was a penalty. So I thought City just... Uh, had it on a silver platter that win after that penalty was given and then it just sailed over from Riyad Mahrez and now we're sitting here at the October international break with three teams on 20 points and world football in general is just in a is in a nuts place I mean Bayern's sixth in the Bundesliga Madrid and Barca can't buy a win in Spain PSG and Juventus are dominating and then in the Premier League you've got Chelsea City and Liverpool all sitting on 20 points. Arsenal and Tottenham right there. And Bournemouth's in sixth. United, don't know what's going to happen with them. The Premier League's in a very interesting place. World football is in general. That's for sure. Uh, let's go through some of the other results before. I want to talk about two games specifically, I think, which were the most exciting games of the weekend towards the end. But let's just quickly recap some of the other matchups of the weekend. You had Southampton versus Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea got an easy 3-0 victory. Uh, Hazard got on the score sheet. Morata got on the score sheet. Ross Barkley got on the score sheet. 
pretty comprehensive. Southampton could have gotten a couple goals here or there, but Chelsea keeps marching forward. They seem like a genuine title threat, which is I would not have expected that at the beginning of the season. Then you've got Crystal Palace versus Wolves. Wolves leaves you know towards the towards the second half to try to beat Crystal Palace. They win one nil. Uh, you know, not too much to say about that game. Kind of a boring Premier League match, but Wolves still keeps marching on. They still keep getting these narrow victories. We'll see when that ends. Burnley versus Huddersfield Town was a 1-1 draw. Kind of surprising. Uh, Burnley did probably play better than Huddersfield Town, but the Huddersfield was able to at least get the goal to get at least one point in the relegation battle against Burnley. Uh, Leicester City versus Everton. Everton got the victory 2-1. Uh, Guilford Sigurdsson scored one of the best goals of the weekend. Uh, truly, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It was incredible. It was basically the only real highlight of the match, except for the Ricardo Pereira goal by Leicester City. But beside that, it was pretty... And eh, not, not too entertaining of a match. Tottenham beat, uh, beat Cardiff City 1-0. Eric Dyer scoring a little uh, cheap goal in the box. And there's no, no other way to say it, but Tottenham gets a result. They're still not very impressive so far in the last couple of weeks. Bournemouth got one of the surprise victories of the weekend when they crushed Watford 4-0. I mean, I, there was a red card for Watford, so you could maybe say that uh, score was a little skewed, but I did not expect... We, certainly, we both got that result wrong, as uh, we both thought that Watford would at least score two goals, and they didn't even score one. So that was an interesting matchup, and it seems like Bournemouth is going to climb up the table. Uh, Brighton versus West Ham. Brighton beating West Ham 1-0 at the Amex Stadium. We should have known this. Brighton is very good at home, and they certainly proved it against West Ham, who couldn't really muster anything against uh, <laughs> the Brighton's defense. But let's talk about the two most important results of the weekend, the two most interesting results of the weekend. Let's start with the you know, the least important, but also just kind of interesting result, which was Fulham versus Arsenal. Arsenal getting a 5-1 victory on the road at Fulham. Pretty impressive. Both Aubameyang and Lacazette scored a brace. Aaron Ramsey scored one of the goals of the season. I mean, and now Arsenal has nine straight wins in all competitions. Uh, what did you think about that match? Um, I think Fulham is in trouble. I think that Jokanovic could lose his job because the way this squad is built, this Fulham team should not be this bad. It's really, really not good from Fulham. The defense has been shambolic all season. They do have the worst defense in the Premier League. They've given up more than 20 goals now after conceding five against Arsenal. As for Arsenal, yes, nine wins is impressive, but Esteban, hate to burst your bubble. The best team Arsenal has played in this win streak is Everton. The rest of the teams they have played have not been uh, up to snub thus far. Sure, you got to win against Watford, but now Watford is kind of starting to uh, fall down the pecking order in the Premier League table after starting the season off so well. So once, I, once Arsenal can beat a really competitive team, then I can put them in the conversation of, hey, this team can compete now with top clubs because while their offense has been fantastic and Lacazette and Aubameyang are scoring and their youngsters are scoring, Arsenal's winning. Arsenal's beating lower-level teams, and that's good because that's something Arsenal needed to improve on was to compete and be able to win these games with ease because in years past under Wenger, Arsenal sometimes had a lot of bogey games. Now there's no bogey games, no room for error, and Arsenal's offense is just kicking butt. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't going to come here and start saying that Arsenal is a title contender or even really a top four contender at the moment. Yes, Arsenal is currently in fourth place ahead of Tottenham. Um, on goal difference, they have the same amount of points, 18. It's impressive. The Arsenal team has been playing very well. I think the Fulham game was their most complete performance of the weekend, without a shadow of a doubt. 
Um, there's still mistakes at the back. Nacho Monreal had a pretty poor pass that led to the Schurler goal to tie the game right before halftime. However, Arsenal was able to show their just complete technical dominance over Fulham, which is surprising considering that Fulham does have a lot of really nice and technical players. Um, it's definitely going to take a lot of work for this Fulham team to get up to snuff. It's kind of surprising. We definitely thought they were going to play better. We, I genuinely believe they were going to be at the same level as Wolves, but it seems that Fulham does not have the kind of quote, uh, kind of coach that uh, Wolves has at the moment. Maybe they'll have to change to see if they can get someone better. I'm not sure whom, but hopefully not a Tony Pulis type. But Fulham should be okay. I, I still think while they did get comprehensively beaten, they just need to tighten up in the back. And once they tighten up in the back, I think Fulham is going to be a much better team. Now we'll see if it's with the same coach. But Arsenal, this is a good start. Uh, I'm not going to get too crazy about it. I don't think any Arsenal fan is going to get too crazy about it. I think it's just it's good to see all these players playing well, and it's good to see that everybody seems to be having fun, especially the Arsenal fans after the last couple seasons. But let's finish this off. Let's talk. Let's just talk about it. Manchester United, Newcastle, one of the games of the year, maybe for all the wrong reasons, but it was just it was incredible to watch. Newcastle goes up two goal. Uh, it goes up two nil uh, by the fifteenth minute of the match. It seemed that Mourinho was going to get fired by halftime. It was insane. Uh, the Newcastle fans were going crazy into Old Trafford. It seemed that this was the end. And Manchester United just didn't let it happen. They came back. They scored three goals, two in the final 10 minutes. Uh, Alexis Sanchez finally breaking his duck and getting an important goal for Manchester United. And Mourinho is, you know, he's going to live for another day. Uh, what did you think of this match? Incredible game. Man U was poor in the first half. If Man U just plays like the way they did in the second half all game, this team would be in second right now, like we saw last season. And I don't know why Mourinho is so stubborn when it comes to the style of play that his teams play, but let your players do the talking rather than you do the talking in the sense of the style. That's one of the reasons why I'm not a big Mourinho fan. He's not a great players coach. He doesn't adapt his style based on the talent of his players. He wants the players to adapt to what he wants. I prefer coaches that have their, their talent and they cater the style around what they have on the pitch. For example, you look at Paul Pogba, the ultimate example in world football of how to, how a manager should utilize him on the pitch, what Didier Deschamps did for France compared to how not to a lot of the times from Mourinho for Manchester United. And Pogba played great in that second half. And the fact that the three goals were scored by three players who have had these question marks around them. I mean, Juan Mata, someone that Mourinho has stood by, but doesn't really start as much. Anthony Martial, who we all thought was going to be gone this summer because, you know, wasn't picked by the French squad. He was out of favor by Mourinho. And then Alexis Sanchez, the man who has been so poor since becoming a Red Devil, couldn't get a goal, couldn't find any sort of rhythm, gets that winner, and might have saved Mourinho for a little bit longer and leave it to Newcastle to blow a 2-0 lead, man. I mean, that just shows that Newcastle can get relegated and that Rafa Benitez might get sacked before Christmas. So it was just an incredible game on so many levels. The drama, the goals, just everything about it. Man United's second half was close to impeccable after a disastrous start. 
I mean, it, it, it truly was just one of those games where you once Manchester United scored that first goal, you just thought, uh-oh, they're going to come back. They're going to win this game, which is something that you can't always say about all the top six teams. But just the history of Manchester United has always taught us you never count them out. In recent years with Mourinho, it has seemed that they had lost this kind of invincible luster of always being able to come back and win, but they finally recaptured it for one night, and it was a lot of fun. It's fun to see attacking players play an attacking style, which is, I, it's crazy that I have to actually say that, but, uh, you know, I think Manchester United, I, I still think that Mourinho's job is still on the line. I don't feel that they would have fired him even if he had lost this game, because I think if they were going to fire him, they were going to fire him regardless of the result. Um... I just think that Mourinho's time is almost up, and even if you have these great results, it really, like, you shouldn't have been in this position to start with. You should, like, Manchester United should not be 2-0 down to a potential relegation team in Newcastle. So I think Mourinho's time, he's going to have maybe until the end of the Champions League group stages. If he's not able to get out of the group stages, which, as we mentioned in the previous podcast, is still a possibility then Mourinho's definitely going to be fired, but I, I still think United is going to be looking around for someone else. All right, so before we go, uh, yes, it was a short podcast, but we are trying out some new things, and we feel that let's just get this one done, talk to you guys, give you guys a little update. But before we go, let's talk a little bit about the Premier League table. We're currently in the October international break. It's not always the best indicator for how the season is going to end, but I'll say this, this is an interesting Premier League season just by looking at the top five and the bottom three in terms of what are we going to get in the final couple weeks in April. And I'm very curious to see what you think. I'll give you the top five right now. Manchester City's in first place with 20. They have a plus 18 goal difference. Chelsea's in second with a plus 13 goal difference, same points as City. Liverpool in third, 20 points, plus 12 goal difference. Arsenal's in fourth with 18 points, only two points behind the leaders, and Tottenham also has 18 points, but a goal difference of eight in fifth place. In the bottom three, we've got Cardiff, Newcastle, and Huddersfield. Cardiff with two points, Newcastle with two points, and Huddersfield with three, with Fulham right above the relegation zone with five points. Now let me ask you, Ori, what do you think is more likely? Arsenal finishing in the top three or Fulham getting relegated? I'm going to say Fulham getting relegated because I think I think Newcastle can get it together. Rafa Benitez is a good enough manager. If not Rafa getting it together, then I think Huddersfield could sneak away some draws because right now I feel that Fulham is going to lose big against a lot of the top teams, and they have to start this season, whereas I think Huddersfield can maybe sneak away, but... I just can't see Arsenal finishing ahead of Liverpool, City, and Chelsea. I just think that those three teams are ahead of Arsenal in so many different ways. But it's so close. Like, just reading and looking at the standings, you have so many teams, not just tied on points, but also tied on goal difference. I mean, Chelsea and Chelsea-Liverpool, same points, one goal difference difference. Arsenal-Tottenham, same points, only one goal between the two teams. Man United and uh, Watford, both at 13 points. They have the same goal difference, minus one. Leicester-Everton, 12 points. One goal difference between them. Seven points for Palace and West Ham. One goal difference between them. You get the idea. It's so freaking close. And I think this is a great, this is not an indication of how the season's going to finish in terms of where the teams are, but I think it's an indication as to how close 
this race is going to be. It's not going to be like last year when City ran away with the title and relegation was the battle we were all looking at. It's going to be close for every position in this Premier League table. It is an absolute battle. I mean, Wolverhampton Wanderers, who've only scored nine goals and conceded six, have less losses in league play than Bayern Munich, Real Madrid. That's you just don't see. And Wolves is a newly promoted team. Bournemouth is in sixth. United is in eighth. Everton and Leicester are just there at 12 points. Everton's won one less game, but... I think the fact that it's so close, we are in for such a freaking good season. It's already been a good season. It's going to get even better with 30 matches left to play. I'm I'm very excited. I think I think this is going to be one of the best Premier League seasons we've had in many years. Um, I'm not sure who's going to who's. I actually am not sure who's going to win the Premier League title. I don't know who's going to get relegated or who's going to be the third team relegated after Huddersfield and Cardiff. And even then, there might even be a shock there, which would be incredible. I think this is probably the most evenly balanced Premier League table we've seen in a long time. I love watching most of the teams, which is something that you can't, you could never say when you had coaches like Tony Pulis and Mark Hughes and all these other old school coaches that were just coming into the Premier League and ruining most of our match days. And now we have some really interesting European managers like, uh, you know, the Wolves manager, Nuno, who's incredible. You've got Javi Martinez on Wofford. You've got, you know, Eddie, Eddie Howe on Bournemouth. You know, just got a lot of fun attacking-minded managers or managers that are interesting with their style of play. And I, I think you're right. It's going to be an incredible season. And that's why here at the Top Fly Podcast, we're going to Going a little bit of a break. We're going to take a break throughout the international break this week. And we're going to start trying out some new ideas and maybe figuring out a way that we can freshen up this podcast for you guys who have been so great in listening to us and, you know, enjoying the podcast. So thank you guys for listening. I'm I'm Esteban Bailey. This is Ori Benatar. Please subscribe to us on iTunes. Listen to us on Spreaker.com. Like I said, we'll be back after the international break with a new and improved show. We're going to figure out some new things. Please keep reading our stuff on the topflight.com. And as always, we'll see you guys soon.